2: Hey, it's Andy Lindahl. You've got Denver Sports Talk on the station where you get it all.
0: Join us for Kreckman and Lindahl today at 3. Beautiful. This is Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Today is
1: going
2: to be a great day. Chris Dempsey. Dempsey.
3: Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen.
4: Here we go.
2: Yeah. This is Dempsey and Company. So without
4: further ado, please enjoy our show. On
3: Altitude Sports Radio (laughs) 92.5. And here we go. KCP gets it into Jamal Murray. Murray has it bottom part of the midcourt circle. He goes to the right hand, slip pick Jokic, behind the back, Aliyuk, DOG! Two hands! Murray, Jokic, Gordon, tick, tack, toe. Think they played together a few games? Reggie Jackson has it left side of the midcourt circle. He goes to the left hand, throws it off over to Nikola. Jokic in the corner, KCP got it for three! Triple-double for Nikola Jokic, his fourth straight after the All-Star break. And Denver leads it by 93 to 65. Two seconds left, one. There's the horn. The Denver Nuggets are 4-0 and after the All-Star break. And they do not get swept by the Sacramento Kings. Nikola Jokic has four straight double-doubles in the basketball game, and Jamal Murray Finishes with a monster game. Denver takes care of Sacramento tonight by a final of
2: 117-96. Four straight triple-doubles, as a matter of fact, is what that was, and all of them before the end of the third quarter, because that's how good Nikola Jokic is. Welcome to the program, Christopher Dempsey. Kim Becker Thursday. What's up, Kim? Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Steve East Nelson. Easton
4: Stick. Easton Easton Stick! That's literally how Dempsey greeted me last week. I was in the green room waiting for the show to start, and he walks in and he just said, Easton Stick! I was like, oh, good morning to you too, Chris Dempsey. That's like,
2: good morning, (laughs) that's my good morning to you forever now.
4: I'll take it. Easton
2: Stick! Steve Nelson, Josh Grismer along with us here, Altitude Sports Radio, 92.5. Look, the Nuggets got a big victory, and... You can also be a winner here today. We're going to start the show off with a giveaway. Um we're giving away a couple of second row tickets today and I said that right, second row. The Nuggets are playing the let's Miami- go! Yeah, let's go. The Nuggets are playing the Miami Heat tonight in a rematch of the NBA Finals. Uh, the next keyword, so this is going to be a keyword situation. We will give you a keyword at 10:15 a.m. be listening for that keyword then text it in along with your first and last name 2303 504 0925 and you'll be entered in for the drawing we'll do another keyword at 10:45 a.m. so keyword number 1 at 10:15 keyword number 2 at 10:45 then be listening to uh, at 11:15 to hear if your name is called if we call your name you have 3 minutes to call us back 3 at 303 504 0925 to claim your tickets if that person doesn't call back or calls back after the three minutes have passed we'll call another another name they'll have three minutes and etc until we get to a winner so um your job is to be listening for the first keyword at 10 15 a.m to get these second row tickets for tonight's game against the miami heat um when uh did you get me.
3: all that Jeez, all right. dempsey that's like, gonna wow. be yeah, um, Quite uh, the, I, but I guess there's second row tickets,
2: right? so yeah. if, if you're gonna win these man, they're good you gotta seats, pay attention right Listen to what listen to what Damps is telling you. That's a fact. Uh, these are really good seats and the games have been sold out every single one of them uh the home games this season for the nuggets. so it's been it's a packed house. It's a lot of energy if you've been in ball arena for uh, one of these nuggets games, you know that. and uh, it it should be a lot of fun. the Miami Heat have been waiting. Uh, in the wings, uh, I don't think they've played in a day or so. I think the last actually game they played was at Sacramento. Uh, they beat the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings come to Denver and they get beat by the Nuggets. And um, uh, Kim, when you just look at this Nuggets team, 4-0 right now after the All-Star break, what are you seeing?
4: Well, I was going to ask you if it worries you that Miami did have a break and now we're um, the Nuggets are heading into a back-to-back tonight.
2: Well, I mean... No, <laughs> no, he's like I, no I, way. I, no, I, listen. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, anytime you are in a situation where the other team has rest and you don't, it could be a dicey situation. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the uh, Miami, he, you, know, you know, that basketball team, I mean, they play. I, I remember uh, this is a long time ago now. Um, so Ty Lawson, when Ty Lawson was playing for the Nuggets, um, they played a game at the Miami Heat one day. The Nuggets end up winning this game It was a hard fought game. And Ty is sitting at his locker and he's just exhausted, just exhausted. And I said to him, because you know Miami has always played this way, uh, super high energy, never say die, give up. Like gets, if, if, if you can think of how much energy you think is 100% for you, then just times that by 10 and that's how the Miami Heat play for 48 minutes every game. So he's sitting at his locker and he's like, I've never played so hard in my life and it's just what they do in Miami. So to connect that to this, if this is the type of team that you have to play on the second of a back-to-back, then it's it could get a little a little dicey on legs that are fatigued. So from that standpoint, I would be um, a smidge concerned because I don't think that Miami is a better basketball team than Nuggets. I mean, I, I don't think they're bringing a more talented team to Denver But in this instance where the schedule has given them a little bit of a rest advantage, Mm -hmm. uh, they might be able to take advantage of it.
4: Yeah, just one external factor, I guess, there to consider. But um, to answer your first question, I think watching the Nuggets last night, seeing them come back from what was going on in the first quarter, you know, getting down pretty good there. They were down 12, 15 points or something like that. And then being able to come back on the – was it the – 30 to eight run or 33 to eight run, you know, outscoring the Kings 33 to eight points. And I think that shows you the mentality that this team has at this point in the season, obviously undefeated since the all-star break, but coach Malone has said many times on this program in press conferences, they have a target on their back being the reigning champions. And to see a team come in like the Sacramento Kings, who I'm sure wanted to sweep the nuggets last night with a win. That would have been their fourth win against the nuggets. If had they won swept them this year, Yeah, the nuggets weren't going to let that happen. And Uh, You could just, it speaks to the strength of their mentality, even at this point in the season, something that they have had to defend being the championship title all year long being in some crappy situations sometimes. It's not like all of these games have been super easy for the Nuggets. Obviously, Mm -hmm. the Kings games hadn't been. But being at home and being able to come back from being down that many points in the first quarter and then outscoring them that way in the second quarter and then having 100 points by the end of the third. I mean, just seeing that strength of a run in front of your home crowd kind of just confirmed that these guys know what kind of target they have on their back and they're not going to let that stop them when they get down so quick. Because I've been on this program many times before saying that I watch NBA teams sometimes, random games, you know, throughout the season, and it looks like if they get down that bad in the first quarter, they just kind of give up because they play so many games. Maybe the coach is like, eh, throw in the towel on this one. Whatever. Take a break. Take a breather. You didn't see that last night. And it could have been a lot of other external factors, it being the Kings, it being at home, it being this point in the season. But I just thought that they gelled really well, and it was fun to watch.
2: Yeah, it was fun to watch. Um, Jamal Murray was amazing, 32 points in this uh, game, 32 on 13 of 15. Shooting, I mean, he missed. He missed two shots. Dang, is what he did. And it's not like he was getting all layups. As a matter of fact, the majority of what he was taking were jump shots. Um, during that game, got to his spots. Um, you know, I I, I really love what he is doing from a standpoint of you can't not box him into any area of the court that that he that you think he might be ineffective. You know, one of the things that you see a lot in basketball is um, let's uh, let's just take a uh, pick and roll action pushing a pick and roll to the sideline and the baseline so that you can have more help so that they have fewer options so that the shot that they are going to take is tougher or uncomfortable or whatever. It's you can't, it's very, very difficult to get Jamal Murray a boxed in anywhere because he's got the full array of moves in his bag, but B put him in any space of the court where he can't just operate anyway. And I thought we saw a lot of that last night. When you look at the shot chart, I mean, it's just like they're, they're everywhere. The little dots are everywhere. And it's, um, it really is fun to watch him play right now. I don't know if he's going to play tonight. This, this will be something that's interesting. And I don't think they have to report that, uh, put him on an injury report until later on this afternoon, and the second of a back-to-back. I think the rule on that in the NBA is, is you, don't, um, you, you can wait until later in the day to, to report who might be on that injury report. I wouldn't be surprised to see his name attached to a questionable um, next to it, uh, and, and then we'll just see as they try to also manage his um, tibia issue inflammation, uh, which really um, you know really kind of flared up on him, and and uh, right prior to the All Star break, he really needed the break. So I, I think they're going to manage that, and this would be a perfect time to be able to do that um, on the second of a back to back against the Miami Heat. Meanwhile, I you know look, you mentioned the thirty three to eight run and it, there's there's no doubt that the nuggets did not show up in the first quarter ready to roll the way the Sacramento King, the Sacramento Kings showed up in the first quarter ready to roll and they were playing without their best player you know De'Aaron Fox did not play in this game but they played with like an edge like like with some pop and the nuggets had to match that you know, seven three-pointers were made by the Sacramento Kings in that first quarter, and you kind of looked at that and you thought, okay, but I thought we wanted to beat this team because, as you pointed out, they had beaten you three straight times. Even though you didn't have all your full complement of players um, in all of those games, if you're the Nuggets, and a couple of them were the second of back-to-backs, okay, whatever. They still beat you three straight times. And you don't want this to be the fourth, right? You don't want that to be the fourth, and they didn't. And the 33-8 run was huge. And it was just about really raising their level. Mm-hmm. Because once they raised their level, they were the more talented basketball team. And that is it. And I, I think in two instances so far, post-All-Star break, the Nuggets have just proven that like, if, if we're going to match your energy level, then your team isn't as good as our team. And the first one was Golden State. And, you know, and I know a lot of people were very, me included, were very interested to see what was going to happen in in San Francisco for that game. Golden State, you know, came out. They played well. Klay Thompson made all the shots. This is kind of a mirror image, actually, of of this game. And then the Nuggets just said, no, we're here. (laughs) And and we are better than you. And I love these statements, these little mini statements that they're making right now. Um, They are... To, 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 uh, they continue to be third in the western conference believe they're two games back of the uh, minnesota timberwolves they are uh, minnesota won yesterday minnesota's <laughs>
4: they're on a roll yeah
2: it's a good basketball team Kim. yeah uh it is and you know but the good thing for the nuggets is that all they got to do is stay within that two game ish window because they have three of them to to play against the the timberwolves so that that situation will sort itself out in the head-to-head matchups Um, But it was really, really well done, I thought, uh, by the Nuggets after the first quarter. Uh, And then Nikola Jokic just is amazing. He's another triple-double, four Mm -hmm. straight, Mm -hmm. and all of them before the third quarter is over. Yeah.
4: Which is just insane. Are people still putting money on those triple doubles? Because I remember that was my favorite prop bet last year. Yeah. Was it Nikola Jokic triple double? I mean, at one point, he had triple doubles like nine games out of the previous 11, and it was still plus 145. It's like, are you joking? I mean, that was my favorite bet. I used to do some digital yeah. betting stuff for Altitude Social Media, and I, those were always my favorite prop bet. I was like, how are people not realizing this? <laughs> I haven't looked this year, honestly. I've, I've taken a little break from betting, um, so I, I don't know if that's still the thing, but What he's doing out there is so insane, and I love that you said, because I totally agree with this, that the Kings came out with a little more edge, a little more pop, because that is another thing that the Nuggets have had to do is when Nikola Jokic is out or he gets ejected, you know, those couple games, people have had to step up. They've had to find their edge, other guys on the roster, but even with Nikola Jokic playing so well last night, other guys also played well, and so they stepped up even... So it's just like reading the room, right? The Nuggets have just gotten so much better at reading the room and seeing who has to step up and when. And it's a cumulative effort out of everybody, even when Nikola Jokic is going off, like you said. So I think that speaks to just the the whole of the entire team, which is huge and is what is needed. They can't always rely on Jokic. I mean, again, you talked about Jamal Murray just not missing anything hardly last night. And that's his edge that he's found. And when he's able to execute that, because he has to match his opponent on an, both sides of the court, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's something that I think really speaks to this team and says that they could for sure go on another championship run this year. I think they have a very good shot.
2: Oh, I do too. I mean, look, if if this basketball team just stays healthy, this is why when Michael Malone, you know, talks about whenever he is asked the question, "Do you want the number one seed or do you want you know a fully healthy team?" It's just like. <laughs> Come on, man. yeah, like I, I you know what I want is right. I, I want all my guys right. because if I have all my guys, then we can win anywhere. Mm-hmm. and in fact, all the starters were in double figures mm-hmm. uh, for the nuggets last night. All right, here we're gonna give we're gonna give you the first keyword here for the second row tickets. you guys want these. I, I promise you you do. Second row tickets. Um, the first keyword is b- Baller. Baller, B-A-L-L-E-R. Text Baller along with your first and last name to 303-504-0925. That's Baller along with your first and last name to 303-504-0925. Remember, this is all textures will be entered into the drawing at 11.15. So there will also be another keyword at 1045. If I'm looking at my screen correctly, I see Coach Mike Sanford on it. <laughs> we come, yeah. That's right. When we come back, we will talk to him. He is in Indianapolis for the Combine. We will do that
0: that's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BTW, group. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You've got Dempsey and Company. Altitude Sports Radio.
2: 92.5. We are back. Chris and Kim. Steve and Josh, and you, Altitude Sports Radio 92.5, and Mike Sanford from Indianapolis. Coach, what's going on? How you you settling in there uh, nice and, uh, nicely? Well, I had a lot of stress just before this segment. Uh, here on Radio Row,
1: they have a tradition. St. Elmo's brings the world-famous shrimp cocktail. Oh, yeah. members Sweet. of the media. Okay, but and so I just partook of an entire shrimp cocktail. <laughs> yes. With with what they claim to be the world's spiciest shrimp cocktail yes, sauce, it is, and and I didn't think I was going to be able to spit it out. Luckily, I was able to get it out. Like I, I I did not think that I was going to be able to communicate because it was that spicy. Like my eyes were watering. Can you handle spice
4: normally? So I can.
1: Dempsey has a little. Uh, he has, he has a little background information on his spice.
2: <laughs> that, that's right. Well, when we had uh, Dave's hot chicken in here. Oh. Um. He had. Did you have the Reaper sauce? You had the Reaper oh sauce. Oh boy! I went Reaper. Yeah, oh, full boy. Reaper. Yeah, full Reaper. I did go then partial Reaper. It was like a uh, full, full sweat. Oh yeah.
4: I mean, full.
2: You know, and and then and then I'm looking at him and we're like, hey, we're back on the air in <laughs> like a minute.
4: So you were having a little PTSD here. Uh, I was so sense.
2: nervous because it is like wasabi
1: forward. It, it's more like that nasal, like that that shot that clears out your sinuses. Yeah. But then, it, it, like it came back down, and I'm good. So it, that was that, that happened literally 12 seconds before I we jumped on. on that's the so funny. Was that your
4: first time so, trying it? I know that's like a staple in Indy.
1: It is, and this is my first time How at was the it? combine. Um, it it was phenomenal. Okay. I, I kind of want to. Do it on my terms, maybe next time. Uh, they were filming me, oh. kind of for promos of uh, of the combine and say elbow. So <laughs> I think next go round I'm going to do it on my on my on my terms. I actually took the entire massive shrimp, and it was just covered in this world's spiciest oh. cocktail oh sauce. God, yeah. And I just took it one bite because I had shrimp
2: I'd cocktail. get on the air with you guys, I love um, it. Um, Kim. Yeah, it's all the horseradish in there, all, all, all of it. It's in that sauce, and. I remember the first time I ever went to St. Elmo's. It's been uh, some years ago now, but I, I was I was like Coach, which was like you know okay, I, you guys say that this is the spiciest thing ever, but this is Indianapolis. Come on, what are you really talking about here? It's Indy. Um, and then it was.
4: <laughs> I mean, I see po- people post about it all the time when they're there for the combine.
2: Yeah, it's a good place to eat, though. Yeah, it's, it's a really good place to eat. All right, um, but Mike's there for football. Mm. Um, let's just start with with this, uh, Coach. Uh, you're there, it's your first time. What, what, what players are you most interested to see? What, what, what's what's, what's, what's kind of at the top of your to-do list, to-see list, uh, most interesting things to you?
1: Well, I think the Broncos' needs, which is very clear, is offensive firepower. Um, I, I think, obviously, it starts at the quarterback position, and the headliners of who's going to be actually competing in the on-field drills and throwing component of this year's combine i think fall in line with what the broncos need and so i'm really excited about the three-headed monster that are actually going to be competing uh on the combine floor at, at lucas Oil Field stadium um, is it's going to be bo nicks michael Penix jr j.j mccarthy and they get to go back to back to back and so the comps are going to be able to be made um, to one another because you're going to have a chance to see that tangibly how the ball comes out of their hands as J.J. McCarthy's uh, release tightened up in the last you know, two, three months. Um, is Michael Penix Jr. going to pass his medicals? Uh, that's certainly information the NFL will become privy to very shortly. Uh, and then Bo Nix, uh, will he just continue a steady climb towards what will be most likely a mid mid-first round draft grade? So there's so many different uh, things at the quarterback position I'm looking forward to and then today I had a chance to get in front of um, the media availability with the tight ends and had a, had a tremendous interview with uh, tight end from Kansas State Ben Sinnott who uh, he caught my eye at the Senior Bowl and I didn't know a thing about him before I watched him practice at the Senior Bowl uh, super impressed with him uh, very well spoken great great personality great presence about him and um, and Dallin Holker from, from Colorado State had a chance to talk to him as well and ask him some questions about his journey and his transfer. So those are two major, I think, glaring needs for the Denver Broncos.
2: Well, and also, uh, so did, did also Brock Bowers talk to media uh, there? I started to see some things kind of filtering out from him. Um, and, and when you just look at, uh, I don't even know if he'll be available for the Broncos at 12, but if he is... Uh, how do you pass on a guy like that, and, and how did uh, th- some of the other tight ends that you just mentioned compare to him?
1: Yeah, Brock Bowers uh, drew a, a crowd that reminded me of like opening day for Star Wars <laughs> Land at Disneyland. Um, so I, I couldn't get quite front and center to get great content for the station, um, but I did have a chance to listen to some of his interview. Uh, he is a man of few words. Uh, he is not somebody that's going to necessarily win the press conference, and frankly, that's kind of who he is as a player. He's not going to even win the eyeball test. He's he's a, a smaller tight end. I mean, for the NFL, I mean, he's six foot three, two hundred thirty pounds, and I know that sounds like a large human being, but you know, you and me, Demps, we're we're in that six six three six yeah. four range, right? Yeah. Um, he's he's no taller than we are. Um, he only weighs uh, you know. 15 pounds more than us, so, um, but, but the thing that makes him so unique and so special is what he does on the field as a receiver. He is the most dynamic pass-catching threat, uh, I think, that, that has come out probably since George Kittle wow. um, and, and certainly when he was young uh he he's he's one of those that can create matchups with any type of defender safeties linebackers understands leverage is a tremendous route runner and then does a whole heck of a lot after the catch which is fairly rare at the tight end position
4: I mean with that 12th pick coach it's just one pick in the first two rounds for the Broncos we've been talking about it for months right are they going to go quarterback are they going to go a different position like tight end like Bowers which a man of few words, also, side note, sounds like a guy that Sean Payton would probably actually like. So um, that might be be something to keep in mind. But when you are there in Indy introducing yourself to people, talking to people, when you say you're from Denver, from Colorado, are people interested right away in Russell Wilson? Are they asking you what's going on? Or is it something that we're just so submerged in that we automatically think that quarterback has to be the first pick, right? The only pick that they have in the first two rounds has to be quarterback. Is that something that we're just kind of riding the train on, or do people have any other input that you've talked to? Kim, the, the conversations
1: I've had with more either the national media or even you know people that are on staffs both in, in scouting – Um, You know, and then off on the coaching side that I've I've, had a chance to rub elbows with last night, you know, in the lobby of, you know, it's the lobby Olympics season here at the uh, combine. Um, But everybody has the same take. It's a foregone conclusion. Russ is gone. I mean, it, it, it really is like it's not even worth talking about because it's 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 already played out so clearly and obviously and in. The way that it all went down the last two, three weeks of the season and then the drama that unfolded and, frankly, continues to unfold as, mm-hmm. as the days go on, it's just such a foregone conclusion that there really is no analyzing left to do. And that's kind of where I've gotten in this space, even myself. And, uh, and that's, that's really the, the the overall sentiment here in Indianapolis from, from outsiders uh, that aren't in the Denver market is that Russ is gone. Mm-hmm.
2: We are speaking with Coach Mike Sanford. He is in Indianapolis for the scouting combine. He is brought to you. Uh, he's on the Ramos Law hot time, Hotline. Ramos Law Medical Doctor and Attorney. RamosLaw.com. Um, coach, uh, there was a, a very interesting. Um, uh, there was a video, uh, it, and it was Merrill Hodge. Merrill Hodge, who has been pretty outspoken about his. Evaluations of some of these quarterbacks, but he kind of took down Drake May and uh, really kind of sliced and diced him. Um, said that there's a, he was very erratic. Uh, he um, didn't process things very quickly. And, and I, I wonder when you see, and I know this is not a quarterback in the Broncos, um, you know, uh, um, target range, but when you see these this quarterback Drake May and 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 Caleb Williams, are you how much how much flaws? How many flaws are you seeing versus all the good stuff?
1: Well, Caleb Williams, you know, to start with him, and I'll get to Drake May uh, in a second, but Caleb Williams, there, there's some unknowns right now uh, here at the Combine, just conversations that you're having. There's some, um, there's some questioning of his commitment to football and his love of football. Um, you know, even so, so much as to say that um, how much actual prep has he done for an event that he's not even participating in at all? Like, he's not doing a thing at the Combine. Um, And so that's a that's a big I think that's a big question mark about Caleb Williams and just hedging your bets as the number one overall pick. Uh, And then another guy that I think is his is just getting picked apart uh, is Drake May. You know, there's a lot to be desired on his film from his his final season when he played without Tez Walker and another slew of, of receivers that weren't available early on in the season. He didn't look good. Um, and, and then you start looking at a very long delivery uh, footwork that's questionable at best. He drifts a lot into bad sparts, spots of the part of the pocket. Uh, Drake May is a guy that he I think his stock is falling and I think it's falling by the people that make the decisions. and he should have been advised by his agent to stop the bleeding and participate in all the throwing workouts at the mm-hmm. combine and of course he didn't. And the guy that just continues to rise here is Jaden Daniels. Mm. Um, There's so much positivity about who he is as a human being, uh, what's between his ears, his motivation, his drive, and then the freakish athletic ability combined with the guy that can make all the throws. Uh, Jaden Daniels, it would not surprise me if Jaden Daniels ends up being the first overall selected draft pick uh, in this draft.
4: That is so interesting that you say that about Caleb Williams, the questioning of his commitment to football, because that is a huge component, especially to being the first overall pick, but also to being a quarterback of a team. I mean, you're looking at a guy who so many people think is going to be the leader of one of these 32 NFL teams. And if anyone's questioning his commitment right now in the combine, I mean, at this point, so close to the draft, that's. Not what you want to hear, but coach, can we flip things over to the defensive side of of things for the Denver Broncos? Is there anybody, obviously, you know, they have the 12th overall pick and then not until the third round and fourth round and then two in the fifth. But is there anyone on defense that sticks out to you that might be available in those later rounds that could help Denver on the defensive side of things right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, Terry and Arnold is a corner uh, that, that apparently Denver's had a lot of interest in. He won over the press conference today. Um, it, it, I think that that's a, that's a prospect that is probably going to shoot up the draft boards as, as this thing gets closer to the draft. So probably wouldn't be available where the, um, where the, the Broncos do need him. You know, if the Broncos do indeed move on from – uh, Justin Simmons to free up some cap space, which it, it looks like it may or may not happen Ugh, uh, there's a safety that. that that I really like uh, Tyler Newbin from the University of Minnesota, who I actually had a chance to 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 be on the on the staff when he was playing there, and then I coached against him. He, he's a guy that's also, uh, not just my opinion, because I know him, but here at the Combine, is, is he's grabbing a lot of people's attention because of his maturity, his commitment to the game, uh, and his athleticism. Uh, I think he could be a tremendous um, you know, second, third-round type pick for the Denver
2: Broncos. Uh, Coach, give us the lay of the land there. <clears throat> Excuse me, give us the lay of the land there. What, um, uh, what's, what's today looking like? What's tomorrow looking like? What, what, what are you about to see? So, yeah, I got over here and got my credential. I got in late last
1: night, about midnight, um, and got over here early. And I got just in time for um, the tight ends to to be interviewed. Um, And so it's a podium setup where you go uh, and they have 30-minute availability and you can just go up and and interview them. It was awesome just to have that that one-on-one interaction. Um, So tomorrow – Um, is going to be with the quarterbacks, receivers, and running backs. It'll be a busy morning starting at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, But the rest of the day today, uh, I'm going to be heading over actually with Jeff Legwald. Uh, we're going to walk over to the stadium. Right now we're in the convention center. We're going to be walking over to the stadium to watch the defensive line. Uh, warm. They'll start warming up at, at 1 p.m. Central, and then the workout on the field and everything that's going to be broadcast on NFL Network will start at 3 o'clock. Um, and I'll watch that until probably 6, 7 o'clock at night. And then you know where I'm going next, man. I'm going to St. Elmo's to go get me some shrimp <laughs> cocktail yeah. and, and a big, juicy steak. That's
3: right. Coach, I, I got gotta ask just before this segment started in, in the commercial break there was
2: some woman standing next to you holding one of those tiny like tick tock sized microphones asking you questions and then you you heard the, the the music coming on like we were back from break and I saw you nervously looking like come on lady wrap it up <laughs> well, uh, what what account am I going to see you on what
0: what video was that
1: I, uh, it could be the NFL account could be NFL Network it, it certainly could be the St. Elmo's account, but I would just stay tuned because they were making some world-class content and, frankly, at the expense of me looking like an absolute fool. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, nervous as all get out about the segment I have to do mm-hmm. and not having uh, my voice available or my nasal passages available to speak. Uh, but luckily,
2: a miracle occurred here
1: on Radio Row at the NFL Combine.
2: Uh, it cleared you out, and you sound <laughs> amazing. Better, the best, Better than ever. <laughs> I think um, that
1: might be the secret sauce. That, the secret we, you and I just do a quick shot of uh Saint Elmo's uh, to what is it uh, horseradish uh, forward cocktail sauce and then we'll get our nose our noses cleared out and yeah. ready to ready to spit some fire for 2 hours. <laughs> no,
2: <laughs> no doubt about it. Coach, hey, we appreciate you man. Um obviously we'll have a, we'll, we'll do the full show tomorrow, uh but you he can hear coach on all the shows. I mean, the, we'll all check in with him. Uh, pick his brain and and, and he's the expert here so uh, we're very happy to have him and his expertise coach we appreciate you man hey appreciate you guys and uh, I get we
1: got to get you guys out here sometime too this is this is actually a tremendous event uh, and a great opportunity to to learn a lot about some of the behind the scenes stories so I look forward to continuing to share that um, with Altitude and our great listeners
4: I love it all right coach
2: there he is coach Mike Sanford um, in Indianapolis there for the combine. Um, well, we're gonna use him a ton, you know. That's on on this station, on this show in particular. Uh, so it's uh, he's a real asset uh, for us to have. Um, it, the combine is always interesting to me, Kim, because uh, so much of it is it, it is about the production, the on the field stuff, the the dash, the forty yard dash, and the the, the shuttle whatever they're doing. You know, it's it's that, and I always wonder you know the drills are there for a reason right i mean i'm not going to say they don't matter at all that that would be dumb you you wonder how much they matter you know given you have seen these guys you have film on them you probably have you know some of these guys are gonna have their own pro days at their at their universities And I know you can get everybody here, but the on-fields, it feels like to me, especially talking to Mike there, that the -the off-the-field stuff is more important than the -the on-the-field stuff.
4: I agree with you 100%, and that's all I kept thinking when he was talking about Caleb Williams and the uncertainty if he's committed to the game like some other guys are, because this is the first opportunity that you're seeing these kids away from their colleges and not under the reins of the narrative of what their college or their coach wants to put out, because we all know that's a thing right these college football players they have to stick to some some guidelines here when they're talking to press you know they all, they all kind of say the same thing they all no one's really going out on a limb this is the first time you're seeing these guys on their own being just a football player who is hoping to become an NFL football player. So I think seeing speaking to their mentality, the way that they hold themselves, how eloquently they speak. I mean, Pat Sertan, I heard him speak for the first time in training camp like face-to-face yesterday or yesterday, last year. I was so impressed with how he held himself and how he spoke. That's what stuck out to me. And so to have media there at the Combine being able to listen to these players talk, even the coaches listen to players talk, I think that means a whole lot more than these drills because like you said, we know how they can play. There's already all these mock drafts there have been for years you know, with these guys on them just based off of what you see on the TV screen mm-hmm. every Saturday. This is now, who are you as a person? Who are you showing up as, as an NFL player? Are you a leader? Will you be good in the locker room for these guys? Because a lot of these NFL teams have culture problems, and that's yeah. something they need to fix before just the X's and O's out on the field. So I think you are totally right with that statement, Dempsey.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting time uh, here in the Broncos. Obviously, stakes are really high. For the Broncos, you want a chance to win second row tickets to tonight's Nuggets game at the Miami Heat? Stay tuned for the next keyword. We'll have that when we come back
0: that's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. Group void report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yo. Altitude Sports Radio 925.
0: Watch the show on Twitch at twitch.tv slash altitude SR. Brought to you by Safeway.
2: The nuggets in the Miami Heat tonight at ball arena that game starts at 8 p.m 8 p.m make note of that uh, because the nuggets it's the second of a back-to-back for the nuggets they played at seven last night um 24 hours later they will play the miami heat uh tonight at ball arena at 8 p.m um this is your chance to win second row tickets second row tickets uh for the rematch tonight against the miami heat should be a lot of fun there at ball arena so what you need is a keyword. I have that keyword for you right now. The final keyword uh, for second row tickets to, tonight, to, to tonight's Nuggets game is rematch. Text rematch along with your first and last name to 303-504-0925. And also, by the way, don't get cutesy with the spelling. We don't need any hyphens or spaces.
3: Just, oh, yeah. Just rematch.
2: R-E-M-A-T-C-H. Rematch. All one word. Um. Yeah, along with your first and last name, 303-504-0925. Each keyword is an entry into the drawing. We'll be calling that name today at 11.15 a.m. So in half an hour, uh, we will take uh, everybody who has entered their name into this drawing and we'll call somebody. Uh, We'll call the name. And then what your job is to do is to call us within three minutes of hearing your name called out on air to claim the tickets. This would be a lot of fun. Uh, The Nuggets have won four straight games. Um, Now, in the post-All-Star break, meanwhile, the Avalanche are looking to keep the good times rolling. (laughs) They won a game. It was, they beat the Dallas Stars. That's right. It's all good. Mm -hmm. They beat the Dallas Stars. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a 5-1 victory. They have uh, Valnichushkin on deck here, but he will not be on this road trip. Uh, They are at the Chicago Blackhawks tonight, Kim um, what are you most interested to see?
4: Well, power play was better. So that was something they needed to improve on. Um, Their percentage of power play since the All-Star break, I believe, it was 23.7 still. So not so great. So they need to improve on that. But Coach Bednar um, said a lot of great things at his press conference after the game, just saying that, you know, defending well, the goaltender playing well, and power play when they've got all those three things. This is a team that's a force to be reckoned with, and that's exactly what they Proved and they're still making some self inflicted mistakes. Fortunately, it didn't affect the outcome this past game against Dallas, but I think that that's something he really wanted to hone in on ahead of tonight's game. Now, this is a game that (laughs) I hate to say this makes me nervous, not only because it's on the road and they only have one win on the road in the last seven games but because it's the Chicago Blackhawks who are not very good. And the abs sometimes play some of their worst hockey against teams that are not very good and let it slip away. So they obviously need to really improve their record on the road. Um, we were talking about this before we went on air Dempsey this morning. There are not that many games left. The season ends honestly, what six, seven weeks from now mm-hmm. the season's going to be almost over. And this is go time. This isn't a time to let the lowly teams like the Chicago Blackhawks beat you. So Tonight is huge. It does look like Onanen is starting in goal um, in net. Connor McGahee posted that a few minutes ago here. So Eustace onanen will be in net for the team tonight, which I think is fine. I think it's great. I, uh, You know, we talked about how he only gets a few chances to be the starting goalie for the Colorado Avalanche this season. And this is a good game for him to go in there and really make a statement. And I assume that the defensive side of things will play a little bit better because they did this last game and that was something that Bednar also touched on saying that he wants to make sure um, stays really strong in these two games on the road Chicago tonight and then Nashville on Saturday so hopefully they get four points out of this one because they could use it especially after their road record um, after the all-star break but it's just a full well-rounded situation that needs to be strong in order for this team to get a win on the road if you have one component like goaltending defense or power play that isn't to the best of their ability they let the game go really early and that's what we've seen and then they end up losing those games so again just a really hot start getting out to a hot start power play needs to be um executed well and hopefully they can get two points in chicago tonight
2: yeah you want to play well in front of on and um as well uh just to give him the best chance uh, to be successful uh you mentioned the power play and valnichuskin is going to figure in really uh, great to the uh, the significantly into that uh when he gets back uh uh, Jared betnar was on Moshe Lombardi and Kane, and talked about uh, the imminent return of Nachoukian and what that means.
3: I oh, mean, we 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 already That's got to take this from, it's from him. It's huge news uh, for our team, you know, and 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 our record indicates that just how big of a part of the our team he is and. Like you said, like he's just he's he's involved in all aspects of our game. When you get a guy that's big, long, strong, and fast like he is, and has the finish and the ability to to, to bolster a line and just make a uh, make a whole another line just that much more dangerous. It, it's huge. So, yeah, when we got the news, everyone was really excited because we you know there's not a lot of communication while he's gone, especially on. You're not, you're not given any timeline, right? It's just the news that, like, yep, he'll be flying back in a couple of days and joining the team, and you guys can start ramping him up to play.
2: And first and foremost, we certainly hope that he is in – obviously he's in a, a good enough space to return to, to playing, right? Um, but, you know, can he continue just to keep himself in that space? And uh, I, I know it's – you know, it's, it's easiest for us just to say the words here, which is uh, a player goes into the assistance program or a player comes out of the assistance program. And, you know, the words kind of float off into the sky and it's just like, okay, well, now it's he's He's back on the ice. Let's just, let's, let's do this. Um, But there's also more work to be done, obviously. Uh, and, and so for him, first and foremost, we hope that he continues to improve uh, in the areas that he needs to improve in, but uh, just his, Presence back on the ice for the Abs will be, you know, outside of Gabe Landeskog, the final piece. I mean, they, they everybody will be back, and if everybody can just stay back, then Kim, this is going to be a, a chance for the Abs to create the chemistry, to create the good habits, to create get everything that you need in the final twenty-two games of this season, then to be able to hit the ground running in the into the playoffs.
4: Yeah, for sure, a huge addition, obviously, in Val, and like you said, it's it's still going to be day to day. I mean. Saying that he's back on the ice, huge news. Saying that, you know, you you assume to see him probably in the next few games, maybe the, the home stretch that they have in ball arena next week, huge news. But this is truly day-to-day. I mean, we don't know what goes on in the recovery program, but you know that this is something that will continue probably for the rest of his life, really, if he wants to be at the best, um, you know, the best mental state, the best physical state that he can be. It's day-to-day. So it's not like him coming back means that he's coming back for the rest of the season or for an a, a finite amount of time. It's, it's still going to be something that they'll keep an eye on for sure. And I think that that, that is huge. And for him to be back, to have the leadership components, like you said, just – In practice, in the locker room, that is big for this team. But this team has proven that they can play well without him. They just obviously win games more with him. Yeah. So hopefully, if they get these two wins, four points on this road trip, that will show themselves and Val that maybe even just having Val back at practice is a huge thing. Having him back around the locker room is a huge thing. So just a great guy um, and a huge piece, like Coach said. But. Again, you can't totally bank on him for the wins in the last twenty-two games.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if he'll be available for that Blackhawks game back here at Ball Arena on uh, March fourth. Uh, the the Avs at the Chicago Blackhawks tonight 8 p- oh, Excuse me, seven p.m. Um, you can hear that game on AM nine fifty. The Nuggets uh, will be on ninety two five. The Avs going to Nashville on saturday before they get three straight games at home which will be a welcome sight i mean obviously they're a really good uh home club chicago detroit they owe detroit so they'll um get the rematch there and then the minnesota wild four more on the road it just feels like the the abs are boom boom Mm. just in and out of town in and out of town um but then that's going to precede what i believe might be their longest homestand of the year um
4: five games it looks like Yeah. yeah from march 22nd to march 30th five games in a row at home
2: so can you get to that homestand in good shape you know it's it's the ability to beat the teams that you should beat to prove that you are an improving team on the road and if you can do those things and you will be in good shape uh, by the time that five game homestand hits so Um, Val Nachushkin on deck uh, for the Avs. The Avs looking to win their second straight game. They have beaten the Stars. Uh, They get the Chicago Blackhawks tonight. Uh, When we come back, let's jump back into Nuggets. I just want to ask the question. uh, I want to dive into Jamal Murray a little bit as well. Should he be all NBA? We'll answer that question when we come back.